This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Wednesday, October 5th, 2022. I'm Caleb Brown. Much of the reasoning surrounding inflation right now is highly motivated, to say the least. Cato's Norbert Michel argues that the Fed doesn't have to drive the price level back down to pre-pandemic levels for inflation to return to the neighborhood of a 2% target. We spoke last week. Norbert, I've spoken to uh, several people about the Federal Reserve and its target inflation rate of at or about 2%, which it, of course, uh, our inflation has been well below that for a long time and then went way, way above that. And as far as we know, will be well above 2% for a long time. And uh, some people who've, who've complained about Fed policy, especially in uh, recent months or the last two years or so, have said, look, based on what the Fed has been saying, they're never getting back to 2%, or at least that's what their policy looks like. Right. Some people are saying that. The interesting thing is it depends on exactly how you measure it. And what the Fed has done, (laughs) um, coincidentally, right before all this happened, is blurred the lines completely on how they would measure that. In other words, you could measure it from some random point in the past to some random point in the future, or you could measure it from today to one year out or something else. And the numbers that you get when you do those different calculations could be very different, especially right now in this higher inflation period. So case in point, Inflation could stay perfectly flat month to month for almost another full year, and the annual rate of inflation will stay over 3% the whole time. (laughs) And that's just because we had a big spike. And that's just how math works, right? That's right. That's just, that's it. That's exactly right. It's just, that's how the math works. So, you know, there's, there's no, and there's no reason for the Fed to try to do anything about that. You know, I mean, so they would have to drive us into a a harsh deflationary period in order to change that and make it so that it's under the or near the two percent. But you have to ask yourself, you know, why? And and the the real the the good economic answer is there's no reason um, because that likely would make things much worse. (laughs) Um, So, you know, I. That's that's the the first part of that. And then the second part of that is sort of a a future forecast or guesstimate. Um, And, you know, it's impossible to say for sure that we're stuck at permanently higher inflation. Um, And I, I don't believe that. And I don't really know why anyone would sell out for that proposition right now. I know a lot of people were giving uh, Joe Biden uh, guff for saying, hey, we had no inflation in July. And I thought, well, you know, he's he's right. Uh, And uh, yet the prices fell slightly, but it's all in a matter of how you look at the components and whether or not you're looking at just a month in isolation or whether you're not you're looking at a year. That's exactly right. He he did take a lot of heat for that, but he was 100% accurate. There was no inflation in the month of July. And th- you know, this gets back to that math point, right? So, if you looked at the 
year to year change, it was still high. But that was really because of what had already happened, not because of what was currently happening. And whether you like Joe Biden or you dislike Joe Biden or, you know, whether you're a Democrat or a Republican is irrelevant. But the fact of the matter is, in the month of July, the overall price level completely stabilized. It stayed perfectly flat. So by definition, you did not have inflation in the month of July, no matter how you cut it. So uh, what when you are thinking about what the Federal Reserve ought to be aiming for, should they be aiming for something below 2% at some point in the future? Or uh, would you be perfect, reasonably satisfied if we just went back to uh, 2% in the short term for long stretches of time? Well, at a at a higher level, I don't really like price targeting. Uh, however, I'll say, given that we're going to have this price targeting thing, I would rather they just get back to 2% over time. I would rather them not go for the deflationary spike to get that average down right now. Um, and part of that is, well, I shouldn't say part of that. The reason that I would say that is because we're coming out of such an anomalous sort of series of events. Um, all the nonsense that you see right now, all the, I shouldn't say nonsense, all the turmoil that you see right now is because of COVID and COVID shutdowns. So that's what threw everything into turmoil. And it threw us into more turmoil, both in terms of a contraction and an expansion greater than anything in the historical record. That's severe, you know? So I know it's not easy to be patient. I know nobody wants to pay $5 a gallon for gasoline. You know, all these things are true. Uh, but I'm pretty sure that if we went into a deflationary spiral, you know, sort of like Great Depression era, where asset values across the border plummeting, nobody can get credit, uh, most people would say that's worse. So so we should not do that. And we shouldn't poo-poo deflation on the whole, of course. Uh, also you're, correct. Ta you're talking about a specific kind of deflation that is being driven by monetary actors. That's also correct, yes. Be very careful there, yeah. Deflation in general is not bad. We don't need inflation uh, to go with economic growth. If you have unencumbered economic growth, you should expect a nice, slowly declining price level gently. That allows more people to get more goods and services at a lower price. That's a good thing. So we should not fear that. But we should fear clamping down on the overall flow of spending and credit in the economy, um, causing a downward spiral, rapid downward spiral in every price of everything. Yeah, there's a difference between saving and clutching with tight fists all of your money. And uh, in a in a in a downward spiral of deep deflation, you might see people clutching their money. Uh, and in a gentle deflation, you might see people uh, save it a little more. That's right. That's a, and that's a very important difference. <laughs> and there's no reason for the Fed to induce the bad one. <laughs> What are they aiming for? I know that uh, Chair Powell has said we're going to do we're going to keep at this until the job is done. What are they what are they aiming for? And given what you've seen in the last uh, while, what do you expect? I think they are aiming for 
the the general version. I think they want to get the annual rate back to 2% or close to 2%. And I think that if they, they're aiming to just try to stay the course as best they can, look at the market rates, look at what rates are doing, um, continue to talk about fighting inflation no matter what and, and never giving up and all that kind of stuff so that you can make people expect you to get back to lower inflation. But I think what would happen too is that if you continue to have a flat or close to flat price level for another few months, then you're going to be able to go out. If you're the Fed, you're going to be able to go out and make the case. Look, we're we're doing our job. It's coming back. Um, you know, right now we're in sort of this soft landing territory, and we want to stay there. And I mean, I think that's the ideal scenario for them. Um, I'm hopeful. I know that they know the math, so so I'm hopeful that that that's what they're going to do no matter what they say, because I do think they need to say a lot of uh, uh, more radical sort of, you know, view than, than they need to talk about a more radical view and, and being more hawkish than they really need to be. And, and you know, just from an intuitive level, we have uh, a monetary system in which expectations are can be broadly shared across a marketplace about the direction of uh, the, the monetary decision makers. And that is all in service to private sector actors being able to make credible uh, plans that are likely to pay off. That's right. That's so, that, so therefore, they want to be really careful about what they're doing for expectations. They want to be, they don't want to be seen as erratic. They don't want to be seen as radical. Um, they want to be seen as the steady captain, so to speak, you know, steadily guiding the ship, so to speak. Um, and, and I don't know that that's, you know, I don't want to give them too much credit for actually accomplishing those things, but at the same time, that's how they want to be viewed. And it's important for them to be seen that way, especially um, in the bond market and in financial markets. Norbert Michel directs the Cato Institute Center for Monetary and Financial Alternatives. Subscribe and give a rating to the Cato Daily Podcast on your podcast platform of choice. And follow us on Twitter at Cato Podcast. <laughs>